Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. you are comparing your life to other people's then it's kind of looking at what they're doing and thinking maybe you should be doing that as well whereas if you get really clear on actually what's important to you then the goal might shift and then you might have a greater purpose or a better drive to actually work towards that goal rather than just seeing what someone else is doing and thinking it might be a good idea for you. Before we get into Mia's episode today John, wanted to jump in. Yes. Big, exciting news today. Are you pumped? So pumped. You know why? It's like, I've been saying it's like Titanic. Yeah. My heart will go well, on. sinking. Yeah, my, heart, <laughs> my heart's also sinking, but the show will go on because today we are launching our first show partner and that show partner is, that's me doing a drum roll, Sun Super. Unbelievable. Thank you to Sun Super for getting behind My Millennial Money. Yeah. Look, we've taken the show to another level and we've got someone who edits the podcast episodes. We've got Carly in the Facebook group. They're also supporting the Facebook community. Yeah. So, that will help uh, cover Carly's cost to moderate that group, let people in, kick out the snakes. So, we are really <laughs> excited to have Sun Super support uh, My Millennial Money. Yeah. Queenslanders. Queenslanders. So, it's really weird. I guess if you haven't heard of Sun Super, uh, one of the things, John, and I don't know if I told you, but when you I was don't. no, when I was doing the negotiation, I told them, I said, "Look, we can't ever, and I won't ever, tell people to use one particular product, no, because like your personal financial situation, yes, if I went and copied you, it would be a debacle for me, yeah, and certainly vice versa." Yeah. <laughs> So, all I told them is I can just encourage if you are looking at your superannuation accounts or if you've got multiple accounts, compare two or three, make sure SunSuper's in the mix. Yeah. Fair statement. Just put them in there just like you would anything else. So, SunSuper has been the fastest growing top 10 fund in the country by assets for the last three years. 1.4 million members and 70 billion funds under management. So, it ain't no birthday party. It's a big deal. Not not a kid's birthday party. So, thank you so much, Sun Super, for getting behind. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk a bit more about Sun Super. And uh, we did ask the group when we did the census if they would mind us having a show partner. Yeah. And the overwhelming response was yes. I think there was five people who said no show partner. Yeah, so shout out to them. Sorry so, about no, that. No, stopped listening. <laughs> they're gone. Oh, one minute ago, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, well, like I hate spam. I hate ads. Yeah. Uh, but there's this commercial thing. If we need to keep the show going on, we do need some help. Yeah. Now, and I think when we talk about sponsors, it's not a, a pre-played ad, is it? It's just um, us talking about it and giving them some. Well, value. I am going to put a pre-paid ad in at the end. Okay. A so pre. That was incorrect. By yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. A pre-paid, <laughs> no, pre-recorded ad. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, cool. but yeah. yeah, like we we just don't want to spam people. No. It just needs to be a win-win, and. 
I've personally, like, John's got a self-managed super fund, so it's actually, again, not relevant to him, but I don't have a self-managed super fund. Mm. I've moved my super to Sun Super. Yeah. Uh, and the reason why is if they're... And this is just Glenn James talking, right? Yeah. Just remove me from hosting the podcast. If someone's willing to get behind me and us and support me and us, mm. where possible, I'll support them. Yeah. Like, as simple 100%. as that. All right. Let's get into the episode. You're listening to My Millennial Money. So, we are joined by Mia Taylor today from Go Financial Services in Sydney. Hey, Mia, how are you? Good, Glenn. How are you? Welcome, Mia. Not, not too you. bad. So, Mia and the team here at Go, they're actually now one of our preferred advice partners. So, if you reach out and maybe you're in Sydney and need some help, you may get copied into an email with Mia and Jeff and the team here. So, they're great operators and we actually had organised this episode with Mia before we put them on our little panel because there's a lot of people that we are helping out there. So, yeah, if you ever do need personal financial advice, sortyourmoneyout.com, click get help and I will introduce you to somebody who can have a chat with you. Now, I wanted to get Mia on today because I think she really nails the the mindset piece of healthy, wealthy and happy. Let's just start. And you are a financial advisor. Mm -hmm. We have many, many listeners who reach out to me who want to get into this type of industry because it's almost like the fitness industry, but it's like, how can I help people be better with their money? Mm -hmm. Like, bear with us if you're sick of us having financials on the show, back off. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Is it weird that I say that? I must have got comments. (laughs) So... Takes it to heart, this yeah. bloke. Well, I don't know. It's just it's just hard to please everybody. Mm. Can't. Yeah. We're doing this and it's going to be cool. So, talk to us, Mia, about your own personal journey mm-hmm. and even your money mindset growing up. Yep. And then I'll get you to take us into you wanting to become a financial advisor, mm-hmm. how you did that. And we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah. So, I think being a financial advisor has made me reflect a lot on my upbringing with money and how I know how that's influenced how I treat it today and I've thought a lot about that and how my habits and my attitudes about money are probably a little bit different to a lot of other people because I grew up feeling like there was never enough. Um, Money was something that the family stressed about, it was something that was argued about and I knew growing up that you know it wasn't necessarily normal going to like my friends' homes. It never really seemed to be an issue. There always seemed to be enough food. There always seemed to be enough. Whereas for me, it felt like there was never enough. And that's really stuck in my head growing up. So once I sort of entered the workforce and discovered that there were these things called financial advisors, um, I was fascinated and I kind of wanted to learn more because for me, it was like, well, Growing up, that was all of a big, big challenge for our family. So, wanting to know what a financial advisor was, what did they do, how do they help people with money? Because for me, growing up, that was something I felt like my family really needed. Mm. Yeah. Can I just go a bit deeper on mm-hmm. that, if I can? How how bad was that growing up? Like, was it? I can't. We we never went on holidays, or we literally couldn't afford to put food on the table this week. Yeah, so both. We never went on holidays yeah. and um, there were definitely times where the, there wasn't, you know, well, there wasn't food. Like I'd be going to school without my lunch kind yeah, of thing. Wow. So, that 
that was where, you know, I certainly had friends who would give me a little bit of their lunch. Yeah. So, I got through that way. But for yeah. me, like going on a family holiday, once I was a bit older, we would drive somewhere and camp. Yeah. And that was the extent of a holiday. Yeah. But that was certainly once we were a bit older. and you know, Five stars. Yeah. Under, under the yeah, stars. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Do you grow up in Sydney? Yeah. I yeah. grew up out in um, Camden. So Okay. Yeah. And I guess yeah. like... Growing up in those situations, it's sometimes people grow up with parents who have substance abuse and sometimes it's, well, they're just well-meaning parents mm. and just money's tight. Yeah. Like interest rates yeah. could have been high, mm. hard workers loving, but yeah. at some point there was just, we ran out of money. Mm. So, for a, for a child, you're running away from what you didn't want yep. growing up. Yeah, and that's it. Some people see their parents as like their, their number one role models and they want to make sure they're, they're like their parents. For me, mm. it's like I certainly can see some great qualities in my parents, but the way that they managed money was something I knew I didn't want to have. I didn't want to feel that stress and worry that I felt as a child, which yeah. you shouldn't feel as a child. Yeah. But that's sort of where you know inspired me to be an advisor because I want to make sure that people don't feel that way. Yeah. And if they cannot feel that way, then that's the next generation which isn't going to feel that way as well. So that's sort of, yeah. you know, why I do what I do, I guess. Yeah, trying to break that cycle. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And you mentioned how they manage money. Mm. Do do you think they had enough but it wasn't managed well or it just wasn't enough coming in because of the jobs that they had? Well, I think the the jobs that they had, there, there was certainly money coming in and I know uh, like I have memories of mum trying to manage the budget, mm. which wasn't really a way of saying I want my money to go here. It was more just this is how much has come in, this is how much we've got left over to yeah. then buy groceries with and things like that. Yeah. And then I remember my dad going and spending it and buying speakers for the house, which meant right. that there wasn't enough of food. Sure. So, it was kind of like... Yeah, okay. You know, my, my dad was very spontaneous with his money yeah. and mum was very measured and mm. that wasn't balanced very well no. in their relationship. Mm. Interesting, isn't Are it? Are they still together, your parents? No. Okay. No, just, yeah. I'm, like, I'm just yeah. thinking, oh, that's a interesting scenario. Yeah. I wonder how long that's going to last. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and this, like, it's not to be focused purely on your um, yeah. childhood, but a, a interesting um, things you can draw from that, can't yeah. you, for, especially in your own role as a financial advisor for others. But I think, John, it's like, Mia, you've made the choice that mm. that upbringing, our upbringing defines us for whatever better word. Yep. Now, we've been given a brain for a reason. Mm. We've got a decision to make. Mm-hmm. Are we just going to be like, oh, that's what you get, such as yep. life and blah, 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 blah. Mm. Or are you going to go, no, I'm now a freaking adult. That sucked, yeah. but it happened. Mm. And I don't want to be like that going yeah, forward. And exactly. I don't want a family like that going forward. Nah, so, yeah, not poor old And mate. it might not be money. It could be, as I said, substance abuse. It mm-hmm. could be relationship stuff. It could be, I don't know, yeah, choose yeah. your own adventure yeah, right. from your past. Exactly. And I know when I've coached clients financially, mm. they'll come in and they've got all this mess. The past doesn't matter. We're here now. Mm. What's forward looking like? Yep, exactly. But do you find that most of the time they're still hanging on to those thoughts and experiences from the past which prevents them from going forward in a real manner. Yeah, well, I think that it, it will influence how easily you can change Yeah, because you do get stuck thinking about, well, you know, this is my environment and this is what I've had and this is my only experience and this is all that I know. Yeah. But you do have to get to that point where you say, I, I make the choice to change and yeah. I need to take the steps that are mm. needed to make those changes. And that comes easier for some people than it does others, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I think that it's, it's kind of a twofold thing. I'm just reading a book at the moment called Atomic Habits. It's mm. really great. So, I think maybe people's upbringing, one, the way they're managing money is just out of habit and they just unconsciously, that's the way they're doing it. 
or two, they're using it as an excuse for their poor behaviour. Mm-hmm. So, they know that uh, they're yeah. doing it wrong and they're there, oh, but I was brought up. No, freaking stop. Yeah. Go have a look. Anyone right now, if you've got your Bluetooth on, I want you to walk into the bathroom right now and look up into the mirror. That thing there is the problem and the solution. Yeah, and, and look, I've, I find talking to people, there are so many couples are on different pages when mm-hmm. it comes to finances. There's always the one that's a spender and there's always one that's almost the gatekeeper of trying to keep this thing afloat because the other person's got the habits. Th- that's a good segue. You're married. Yep. How's money in your household now? Yeah, so I think that's where taking the time to understand how I feel about money, my upbringing has meant that I'm also highly aware of the fact that I gravitate towards saving and squirreling money away and things like that. And that's because of what's happened. So now um, my husband, he had very functional upbringing and he's very, he's not a spender. Like he doesn't unnecessarily spend on things, but he's definitely more comfortable spending money than I am. So on the weekend, he's like, I'm going to go to Flower Power. I'm going to buy us some tomato plants. And I'm, I'm just like, oh, okay, um, we haven't actually budgeted for more plants this year. And he's just like, oh, seriously, I'm just going to go get them. They're on sale for $2. I'm like, yeah. okay, that's fine, but please plant them out the front so I don't see them. They're an ugly bush. So, um, <laughs> but so it, you- is, it is one of those things where I know it, I've got to um, have the conversation and mm. uh, we make sure that we do kind of agree on things. But I do, uh, I guess I run a, a budget for us. So, um, that does kind of come back into the conversation so, so sometimes. Does he, get, does he get input into the budget? <laughs> he does, yes. Yeah, so, yep. has he had to change his habits so that he avoids conflict? Or? Well, not, not so much. I think it's more uh, he's had to have more awareness as to spending money. So, yeah. there's certain things that he loves spending money on, which, you know, he likes spending money on wine. Yeah. Um, so, he's got a, a part of the budget that's dedicated to that. Okay, but it's kind cool. of making sure So, that- he has got a bit of a life. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting there. I just want to pause and camp on that point. Yeah. If you do have a freaking hobby, whether it's John doing his quad, what do you do? Triathlon, oh, oh, man. All, all that crap. If it's the wine, if it's whatever it is, if it's gardening, if it's whatever your budget is, if you're in a relationship, factor it into your budget, both agree. If you're single, put it in your budget, Mm -hmm. you have permission to spend money on whatever you want. Now, I'd probably say with my wealth coach cap on, if you're up to your eyeballs in freaking debt, we're not worrying about a wine collection hobby Mm -hmm. or whatever, okay? Mm -hmm. So... Anyway, I'm just ranting. But Once you get your, your foundations in place, it's around then factoring in what's what, going to make you happy because yeah. that's where the happiness piece comes in and making sure that your your budget or your, your spending plan where you're telling your money to go mm. goes towards something that's actually going to make you happy. You and Mia could never be together. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Why is this thing too loose over here? <laughs> like or, Mia, or is it because she's married? She'd throw, <laughs> well, that's that part of it, obviously, but she'd throw her hands in the air and... Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know who, how you can put up with this thing over here. <laughs> so, I get inboxed all the time. Like, how do you become a financial advisor? I want to do this. Just tell us your journey into this profession. Mm-hmm. You left school. You did what? Mm-hmm. So, I actually started working straight away. So, I worked in a small mortgage broking business and started a traineeship. 
So that didn't quite work out as in it was more just them paying minimum wage than actually providing any training. So then I looked yeah, for another job. Cheap labor. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then I started working as like an office all rounder in a local financial advice firm. And that's when I discovered the financial advisors and what they did. And then I started doing my training straight away. So I've studied by correspondence and continued to work the whole time. Perfect. I think for me, I had to move out of home at 19. So it was I had to work. So it was more, what could I do? What could I work? And then how could I study and balance that as well? So that was sort of my initial stages. And then from working as an office all rounder, I sort of worked my way into client services, from client services to management, from management to an associate advisor and now an advisor. That's pretty much carbon copy-ish to my transition. Mm-hmm. It was almost like a pseudo apprenticeship yep. on the job training, training. Yep. experience, you know, I'd go down and get the mail, get the mm-hmm. milk, but gleaning every part of the financial planning process. Exactly. Now, for you out there that you want to get into, insert career here, if you want to get into marketing, can you go and be a receptionist or admin person at a marketing firm? Mm. Just so you get the experience of how that marketing world works. Yeah. If you want to be an electrician, can you go and get a job as a hand mm. or something just to get in mm. that world? Because I think it makes a better version of you in that trade or career if you know how the world works. And one, you can see if you actually like being around that world. Yeah, exactly. Mm. You kind of test it out. Without committing. have so much more appreciation as to everything that goes into the work that you're doing because you've experienced it firsthand. You've worked your way through each of the Mm. roles and you know exactly what's involved. So, it's not like I um, ever disrespect any of my colleagues because I understand what their job is and I understand what the challenges are in that as well. And I think it makes you better once you get to that end role. It made me a better advisor for a couple of reasons. Number one... It was a smoother transition and process for the client because I knew there was a 50% chance that we would need a form signed. So, I'll just get them to sign the form at the meeting Mm -hmm. rather than disturbing them. Oh, can you sign this because we need it? So, you actually know the process of that world. Mm -hmm. I'm using that as an example, but I I just think the apprenticeship thing, the on-site experience, so much in society, we want to go straight to the top. We want to- you know, but you, you've got to go through due process mm. and delay that gratification. And I think with um, like my journey, I when I started working with the advisors and they're like, you're going to make a great advisor and you do study and then you can you can be one. Mm. And I completed my study and I was like, there's no way I can be advising people. I've, I've learned the theory. I mm. just still don't understand how to apply it in practice. Yeah. So, for me to have the experience that I had in learning and and I guess gaining all of the knowledge and the different ways of applying advice and the different approaches than having the opportunity to go, all right, this is the advisor I'm going to be and this is the way that I'm going to actually give advice, um, I think was really valuable. Not rushing it. We get a variety of people listening to this podcast. There's a 41-year-old guy driving down the highway at the moment listening. There's a 27-year-old gal at the gym listening right now. There's a 22-year-old who's at home tonight listening to this. So, there's a variety of things, but I just want you to talk right now to the 19-year-old Mia who might be listening. She needs to move out of home. Mm -hmm. What would you tell her? Well, 19-year-old Mia's never had to really manage her money before and is about to learn some hard lessons about how far it doesn't stretch. Yes. But I would actually tell 19-year-old Mia that it's actually more important that she makes sure that she continues to manage the money so that she's never going into any credit card debt because it's something I'm pretty proud of that I never did that. 
actually carving out something for fun. Um, I know we've touched on that, but I was so focused on building up my rainy day fund and then focused on my home deposit fund that I didn't really provision for fun the whole time. So I didn't go on holidays. And to be honest, I didn't know I was missing out on holidays at the time because that wasn't something in my upbringing. But that that was something that I guess now I'm older, I've experienced Mm. and it's sort of something I missed out in uh, my early 20s. So making sure I have some kind of fun account, which will allow me to have guilt-free fun because that's another thing with my spending uh, approach and how I manage money is that I can feel guilty when I spend money. I know you probably don't have that problem. <laughs> not yourself. at all. Um, <laughs> I feel guilty for not spending enough. <laughs> <laughs> for me, I need, I need to be able to give my permission to go yeah. and enjoy it and spend it on something like that. Yeah, and that's why when I set up the Glenn James spending plan, there is that blow account mm. because it quarantines me, the spender, yep. but it gives permission exactly. for the saver. Yeah. Now, yeah, it's not the Glenn James savings plan. N- no, well, it <laughs> does cater for that as well. <laughs> but we did say if you were 19-year-old Mia, wherever you are at your financial journey, there's always time to press stop, mm. recalibrate, reset. So, you might be so hell-bent on saving that home deposit that you're actually miserable. Mm. Chill out. Yeah. yeah, true. Also, 19-year-old Mia, there's a difference between has to move out and wants to move out, yeah. isn't there? Yeah. You mentioned that you had to move out. Yeah. A lot of people don't have to, do they? So, that could be the difference between a home deposit right there in the next three years. And I think at that at that point, I was definitely comparing myself to all my friends who they, they were all at home a lot longer than I was. You know, we got to the point where we had the – everyone was sort of turning 21 and you had the series of 21st birthdays and I had to work out how was I going to afford presents for every single one that I was going to. Right. And I had to get really creative and just working out what I could give as a gift and I guess I've learnt that, you know, your really good friends care more about the fact that you're there, not yeah, that that's you're right. rocking up with yeah. an awesome gift. Yeah, and it can it be – a $20, $30 bunch of flowers yeah. delivered to their work the day before the party or yeah. something yeah. and not a $50 gift card. Like, exactly. Yeah. Get and, creative. And yeah. re-gifting as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> so, if someone is not really well off, mm-hmm. isn't that happy and is not that healthy, I'm talking about myself. <laughs> so, <laughs> what's one thing people can do today if they feel financially stuck and their wheels are spinning and spinning and spinning, because I think a lot of the time, if our money isn't causing us stress and drama, it flows through to other areas in our life. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, any gold nuggets that you find working with your clients mm-hmm. to kind of press reset on their financial situation? Yeah. I think if you're really focused on your situation not being adequate or not being good or, or if you are trying to compare yourself to someone else who's in a completely different situation and just getting really down in the dumps about it, um, then it will tend to create that stress and unease. It tends to manifest itself physically. Um, People become less healthy at that point in time. And I think that's where you need to learn to intercept your thoughts and go, you know, how is this thought really serving me? How is this benefiting me? What can I do to change? And we come back to that, make the choice to change. So once you do that, I would say, 
one of the best things you can do is invest in your health. So what is it that you're doing that isn't really that healthy? Because if you can change your physical state, it can help with changing the mental state and your approach to things. If there is something that you know you can change, such as just improving your diet slightly or exercising if you don't exercise, there are some really quick wins that you can actually make that do have a flow and effect to how you approach things Mm. financially. Just so important, but it's so common, isn't it? Like Mm. the fact that look in the mirror and, and your responsibility for you, number one, and don't worry about what everyone else is thinking or saying or doing, but it's just so hard and, and it's so rife in community because of what you mentioned at the start with online mm. conversations and everyone puts the best version of themselves online, but ultimately no one cares about your situation anyway. Mm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do they? Well, it's like almost with this online and comparison thing, if we're living in this every day, we are comparing ourselves with what we don't have, what others have every day, every mm. day, every day. You keep going and going and going. One day, you're going to have a meltdown. So, it's it just it's the frog in the pot boiling, isn't it? Mm. So, we've got to just get away. And even like I'll show you on my phone, John, on the main screen at the bottom there, it's got a little saying, what would a healthy person do? Mm-hmm. So, I'm really trying to be front of- me? No, mm. from, for me. Yeah, but you're saying, what would John do? Basically, (laughs) exactly. So, I'm trying to be conscious, Mm. front of mind. Mm. It's everywhere you go. Yeah, like, so I had dinner at Grilled the other night. Mm -hmm. Shout out, guy who uh, owns Grilled in the city. Went to another grill, but whatever. He's a listener of the show. Um, After Grilled, I'm like, I need dessert. (laughs) So, I went to Woolworths. I was like, oh, I'll go get an ice cream, won't I? Take ice cream home. And then I was walking to, and this goes back to like the habits and the cues in our life. Mm. And I was walking down and I was like, oh, hang on. What would a healthy person do? So, I bought some blueberries and had yeah. them. So, what can you do in your financial life mm. to start that process? What would a financially smart person do? What would a healthy person do? What would a happy person do? I don't know where I was going with that, but whatever. Well, yeah, but it's, it's, it's almost, I know we thinking i've known you long enough on this podcast to see where it's sort of heading the listeners might not be able to figure it out but i think listening to other people from a fomo point of view is not not healthy is it but but understanding that you need to find drive in your life to be able to have improvement or change um and and hopefully a lot of that's intrinsic and and it's internal but sometimes it needs to be external for it to be motivating so your quote is basically external saying, well, what would the healthy version do? And that inspires me to make change myself. So it's, um, it's, it's, it's still starts with your mind, doesn't it? Yeah. And I think using something else or someone else's success as a point of inspiration mm. rather than a negative thing to go, oh, I wish I could do that. That'll never happen. Yeah, that's not possible for yeah, me. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I think we underestimate the power of our mind and yeah. our language just on how we actually respond to things. And yeah. that's where, you know, if if you are getting stuck in that negative mind loop of looking at other people and going, that'll never happen to me and, and mm. feeling really icky when you're looking at it, then it's not healthy. You need to stop mm. or you need to turn it around Flip and go, it. this is going to be an inspiration for me. And, and you develop that, you know, thing on your phone as a reminder to go, all right, this is something that's important. So this is yeah. a reminder for me to make that conscious change as well. Yeah. For me growing up, it was autobiographies. I used to love reading autobiographies about successful mm. people, mostly in the sports, sports yeah, sporting field. Yeah, but 
<laughs> but that transferred into life and, and it transferred into life for them. They were successful on the mm. sporting field but also became successful people because of their habits. Yeah. Um, but I was intrigued by people's um, childhood stories and how they all varied. Like no one, very rarely were successful people um, handed on a silver spoon. There was always, in a lot of cases, a hard luck story where they had to overcome adversity to actually achieve success. So, yeah, again, having that mindset, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's really important. Talk to us, like, what are some of your biggest financial lessons that you've learned in your own life? Um, I think personally change, well, I know we're talking a lot about mindset, but I think it's really important that the reframing of a mindset and I wish I'd discovered that earlier because I think it's something where um, it's probably – it's not something you're introduced to at a young age. So having that moment where you can actually have a conversation with yourself and say, all right, what am I going to do that's going to change this situation rather than just getting stuck and thinking I'm this is, this is my life and this is what I've got to deal with. How do you then go, all right, what am I going to change to then go – all right, this is the next step. This is the next positive step that I'm going to make to actually influence what I'm doing. Do you think you've had any like social detoxes or anything like that? Oh, yeah. So, I think we're, we're the day and age we're living in, um, the benefit of going through, you know, if you're on Instagram and unfollowing is actually really important. That's a social detox. Um, if you are just looking at everyone else's life and feeling like you are not as successful or what you're doing is not good enough, then that's a real important step to actually go through and unfollow. The weird thing as well, what I don't like about social media, I've got nothing against someone I went to school with 25 years ago. No, it wouldn't even be that long. I'm making an exaggeration. <laughs> like if I was John, there's nothing against people I went to school with 25 years ago. But it's like, it's not that I don't care, but I just don't need to see your stuff. Mm. I get back from holiday sometimes and people are like, oh, how was your holiday? I've said to some people jokingly, you saw the best bits on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) You already know how it was. Like it's, I don't know, like it's just, you know, we talk about these social detoxes. Have you ever had a financial detox Mm. of stuff? How does that work? Well, I think that's having a, a look at where your money's going and becoming aware as to where it's going. And I think it's really easy to oversubscribe to things. So, because of convenience and thinking this will save me a little bit of time and hitting subscribe on something. And that's something that I see often with people who are struggling to get ahead is that I look at where their money's going for them and say, all right, you are subscribed to anything that you can, like addicted to subscribing to things. So, do you really need to be subscribed to Netflix and Stan? Do you really need to have, um, you know, there's delivery boxes of all different types just because it was kind of like a good idea at the time. So, they- sale. Yeah. Yeah, Probably four years ago, I went through a problem where I installed Kogan on my phone and the courier driver- I think we were coming to my office every second or third day and they got to know us because they were like the frequency because it was yeah. one touch delivery. Yeah. And I just didn't – I did not need a remote control helicopter. No. <laughs> yeah. If you actually – Slash kind of did, but <laughs> – Make the transaction a little bit more difficult so don't save your details and then if you've yeah. actually got to go get your wallet, get your details, put it in and if that's just too hard, then you don't really need it, do you? No. I've recently – and this one's for you, Johnny. You have just – are you still doing cash weekly? Because you moved to cash a while ago. Or is that too hard? Too hard. Yeah. <laughs> John. So, do as I say, not what I do. <laughs> I, um, I don't use credit cards for day-to-day purchases, mm-hmm. right? Do you? 
I do, yeah. 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 How, how does that work in your world? Because um, I've got an offset account, so I yeah. just use the credit card. Um, I don't – I guess I'm pretty good with what I spend my money on, so yeah. I know it's within the, the budget. Yeah. Um, and then I pay it out, so yeah. um, never paid any interest on a credit yeah. card. Yeah, so I don't teach that way mm-hmm. because the stats show that freaking people can't control themselves, me yeah. included. Yeah. So, yeah. we set up, you know, in the spending plan, it's quarantine and whatnot, but mm-hmm. – I've got an Amex, which I used for bulky stuff, right? So, if I purchase something online for the business that like any of this audio gear, Amex, bulky, Mm. paid off. So, I've recently just paid up my Amex to zero and I'm about to get rid of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was just getting out of control. And that's what I mean. Like, I run a freaking money podcast, but I'm not above this. No, yeah. I'm just. No. But at none least of us you recognise that, and yeah. Yeah. you've gone. All right, this is getting out of hand. That's enough. Yeah, like it was yeah. like I don't need a new five hundred dollar light for the studio. Yeah, because in my mind it wasn't day to day. It was, oh, I need this. I had the Amex connected to the PayPal account, yeah. and I could just get that online or a new microphone or whatever. Mm. It was actually just. No, you're actually a stat and you're spending more. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm the same with you, me, and I know it's not the norm, but I actually don't believe I spend more using the card than I would if I had cash in my wallet. And that's why I transformed that because it was too hard as well. But <laughs> I, I look back on the month and say, well, I would have spent that anyway, yeah. regardless of whether I had a card or cash, but I know that's not for the majority of people. Yeah, exactly. And I, I mean, I check in on what I've spent money on weekly, so I know yeah. how things are tracking, and if I ever felt like things were getting out of hand, then it's the easiest thing is like no, yeah. no more credit card, just use yeah. the debit mm. card. And I think that's where you've got to understand and acknowledge how you treat money, and yeah. then decide is a debit card best for you. Yeah, and I mean to mind. So the Amex at the moment, like there's a twelve grand limit, and it's just that's yeah, the a lot. No. Yeah, well, it's weird. It's like the money's there in the offset account or savings, whatever. Mm. But I can't stomach having a negative $8,000 sitting there. Yeah. Like, just psychologically, it yeah. kills me. Mm. Now, I've got to call Amex to cancel it, right? Yeah. I know they're going to say, we'll refund the $450 a year fee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll probably go, yeah, right, refund it. And then- Yeah. But I don't know. I, I, I just don't know. Like, I've removed the Amex from my PayPal mm-hmm. and just put my Blow account yeah. on the PayPal now. So, that's going to slow me down a little bit. But I don't know whether to just keep- like the Amex isn't on my Apple Pay on my phone. Mm-hmm. I've just got my UpBank thing there. Um, I just don't know whether to keep it just to get the free travel insurance and pay for my overseas tickets on it. Well, I think realistically, you probably won't just use it for that. Yeah, I, I think there. I think I need. <laughs> Do you to know, get rid Glenn? Of it. Like- <laughs> <laughs> it's time to go. It's an intervention. I think, I think yeah, I think it's time mm. to let it go. Um, and you can get travel insurance through other means. So. I'd, I'd say it's worth actually spending for travel insurance if yeah. that's the only reason of really keeping it there. Yeah. And that's why, like, I'll always teach my spending plan not using your credit card for day to day. And there's people that write in all the time, how do I factor in this spending plan to use my credit card? Mm. You'll have to manipulate it yourself mm-hmm. in the background, your spreadsheet. I don't have an answer for you. Mm-hmm. Mm. I, I just, for me and for the majority of people, yeah. like every behavioral study out there is on aggregate, on balance you'll spend up to 12 to 18% more yeah. with plastic. Yeah. And I can guarantee you, you won't be ahead on a net-net with your points, quote-unquote. Exactly. No. And there'll be people out there, oh, you're wrong, you're wrong. 
No, mm. because I'm not wrong because there's these companies exist and they employ actuaries to make sure they're profitable companies. Mm. Like okay. it's fact. Yep. So, Mia, what was your relationship with money uh, from your, like your teen years onwards, like not having much growing up? Mm-hmm. W- was it an enemy or was it – did you change your mindset around that or it did take me a while i think i um i i screwed away as much as i could so i i kind of adopted every single time i was paid i would save a little bit um, yeah. you know some weeks it's five dollars but that was still me just feeling like i was making some progress yeah then once i i guess i sort of saved up two thousand dollars which for me was a lot of money at the time i felt like i'd finally achieved that savings goal yeah. and then I started thinking about what was next. But for me, the the, the way that I kind of um, approached money at that time was probably a little bit unhealthy. I was just really focused on uh, what I could squeeze out of my spending to try yeah. and get ahead. Survive. Whereas it's sort of shifted now to know that money isn't Money isn't the enemy and it can support a life that you want to yeah. live, but it's around just being, um, I guess, I, I always approach having a plan for your money is important and also making sure that it's sustaining a life that you want to live yeah. and not just being so focused on being having money in the bank or you know being wealthy, whatever wealthy it looks Savings. like, to the detriment of other areas of your life such yeah. as your health and your happiness. What about pride? Have you seen that either in your own life or in your client's life? really get in the way of making a sound financial decision? Yes. With pride, I think it can get in the way of people making sensible decisions with their money. So, thinking that they want to appear like they are the rich friend in the group and, you know, shouting rounds of drinks and trying to, you know, show off whatever flashy things that they've purchased. But, that's to do with, I guess, um, creating that persona or, or looking like you're, you know, the top dog. But because it could be a two hundred dollar night out, easily, uh, easy. Yeah, if you, you know, out there throwing money around like it's no one else's business, yeah. like it's just, well, it's two hundred when you got three kids, just with them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not qualified in that area. Yeah, but I think that's where you've got to kind of be a little bit more realistic about it. And I think from my perspective on checking in with are you doing something out of pride is having the conversation with your friends when you are you know, struggling a little bit and you're wanting to try and get ahead, then don't let your pride get in the way of having those conversations. Yeah. If they're really good friends, they're going to understand. You're not supposed to be trying to keep up with your richest friend all the time. Yeah. And as of like your friend is there to actually um, – enjoy experiences with so you shouldn't have to feel like you're financially stretched to have friendships i think a lot of people fall into that trap though i I think as well like most of our friend groups where they've got like a whatsapp group or an imessage group message take your friends on this money journey Mm. it's like hey guys we're going out tonight not heaps keen on spending 300 freaking dollars buying every Mm. dog and their man a drink or whatever the saying is yeah take take the friends on the journey yeah i don't know like it's just it can be a real slippery slope trying to maintain that image. Mm. And there's a listener, and I'm going to try and get her on the Express podcast for an interview and shout out if you are listening. She purchased a $6,000 secondhand Gucci bag on a credit card. Wow. I mean, mm. call me crazy, but like that's yeah. nuts. Wow. But yeah, it's, there you go. It's, it's so bad because it's like- I'm sure she's the most genuine, beautiful, lovely person in the world, Mm. but at some point believed a lie. 
at some point fallen into a trap. Confirmation bias. Now, if that was a reward for a big contract she'd won or or something, reward at the end of the year or or something that she'd driven to for years and years, then great. I would embrace that. Yeah, yeah, exactly, not using credit. Yeah, the the habits of actually going and do that is is probably the issue there. But, yeah, I find... Everyone's on a different journey all the time, aren't they? Like you, you might want to go out Saturday night and I might want to stay in, but when 10 of you are going and you're the 11th that's not, there's that fear of missing out. And yeah. and at the moment, we're in this um, oh, circle of friends that young kids where everyone's wanting to go away on holidays mm-hmm. together, like camping or whatever it may be. And I'm sure uh, Tim travels business class with his family. <laughs> well, the the and it's uh, there's no there's no one doing wrong by anyone, but it's it's almost pressure or perceived pressure of everyone not missing out on that next trip. Mm-hmm. So mm. um, I I would know that some of them are going, knowing that they can't afford it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so I think you're right. It's it's um, getting everyone and being transparent about that and saying, look. Money's a bit tough. We're doing this, this, and this. Um, we're we're going to give this one a miss. Yeah. Mm. And I think, you know, we, there's no um, – I mean, it's good for your friendships to have those conversations mm. because then it might go, you know, just because your friend's on a whole heap more money than you mm. – well, you think they are anyway – it might benefit them to actually think about what they're spending their money on anyway. That's they right. may not have had that opportunity to think about it before and they might just go, yeah, I'm cool. I'm still going to go on the expensive holiday. Or they might go, yeah, you're right. We could scale back and then I could actually put some of that money towards something else that's important. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely a pride or an ego. Yeah, it? and it's. I guess it's. we've all got different friendship circles and groups. Like my, I guess my group message on my phone, on my message, like I think there's six or seven has been there. We've all known each other for like 17 years. Mm. We all know how much everyone earns. Like yeah. it's mm. it's a pretty robust friendship mm. and it's robust enough. Like if I wanted to do something, mm. you know, Dirty Mike will go, no, I'm broke. Yeah. Like it's- Yeah, because you don't, you don't all earn the same, do you? And mm. you all have different yeah, priorities, priorities. and goals. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So yeah. you've got to balance it all. And if you're all good mates, then you can't. Totally. Yeah. So, any um, to drive this home, I know we've it's been just this bit of a chat today mm. and a discussion, and I hope it's been encouraging for you. And I always say, like, you might be very good with your money, but can you think of one thing that you can change or implement, whether you're 19, 29, or 39, and you are listening? Use this as encouragement to tweak some one percenters if it's standing up to your friends, if it's going, you know what, I do want to spend $30 a week of my own budget on this hobby. Mm. Knock yourself out because your personal budget is so unique and different to every other person. And I think comparison is the only true thief of joy, Mm -hmm. isn't it? Because we're just always, I want to be better. I want to be better. Mm. And the weird thing is you want to be better than the next person Someone could be looking up to you thinking they want to be you. So, <laughs> we've just got to right. yep. chill yeah. out. So, the whole happy, healthy, wealthy, how how much do you focus on the healthy? And is it the true health as in I'm eating well, I'm exercising, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm mental detoxing, I'm, I'm doing all those things? How much do you focus on that with your clients? 
Yeah, so part of our initial discovery meetings, we normally like to sort of touch on how important it is and if it is an area where they feel like they can make some improvements and what they might be. So normally it's around facilitating that initial conversation to kind of work out, you know, has it been something which has been ignored for some time? Yeah. But also highlighting why we have that discussion and how over the years we've seen what happens to people who just focus on the wealthy piece and yeah. neglect the others. And it yeah. get, gets to that point is like, I want so focused on the next thing. I'm so focused on the next property, the next investment, whatever it may be. But why are they doing that? Yeah. And it might come back to the fact that they actually are doing that so that they can spend more time with their kids. Mm not realizing they could be doing that at the same time. So it's just around refocusing what are the priorities, what are the things that they're making the sacrifices for now to see if you can do some of it along the way rather yeah. than just being so focused on the one thing Yeah. and then later going, oh, I'm actually too unhealthy now to spend time with my kids. Yeah, I've got all the time in the world because I'm financially yep. wealthy but I'm 50 kilos overweight and I haven't got the energy. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's just around going, all right, what are the little things you could be doing along the way to mm. try and make sure that you are healthy enough to be able to enjoy your life? Yeah. Um, and the same with if you're ever so focused on one thing, normally you're neglecting the other opportunities that present themselves yeah, and sure. what – what it is that you're doing. So if you're working in a job that you're not enjoying just because it pays the bills, like looking at what is, what else could you be doing that's going to actually make you happy? Yep. Because then you don't have that pain of working and no. not feeling like you're actually enjoying anything. No. It's around trying to get that balance. Yeah, there's never a Monday. And, and I think if I think Mondays don't suck because Mondays don't know anything, your life sucks. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty offensive to say, but I want you to acknowledge that if you are not happy with your current job or career, what steps can you take to slightly start moving the needle? Mm-hmm. Is it jumping on seek? And then again, it's like drilling down. Why aren't you happy? Is it because you actually don't like the industry? Are all your colleagues toxic? Yeah. Are, you know, is there weird stuff? Like just yeah. work out what it is that is making you not feel content or happy mm-hmm. at work and just move the needle. Yeah. Just make progress. Set yourself a time. By March next year, I'm not sitting in this office cubicle. I'm out of here. Mm. I think that's really important to actually set yourself the, the time limit because otherwise it can just go into the list of things you feel like you should be doing. But you need to sort of make that decision with yourself to say, right, I am unhappy, so I need to make sure I'm making a call by this time. Yeah, and I would say one step further, um, if you are – if your financial situation is a bit messy and you've got some debts you want to clean up and you're not happy at work – I would probably, as long as there's a strategy to play, just pile up cash, put all your debts on minimum payments mm. until you make that transition. I'll do that. Have a bit of a – I'm just pressing pause on this because I know once I can get into a better job that I'll be happy at and you'll probably get a pay increase along the way, mm. just save up cash just in case you need to take some leave without pay or something to take some interviews or whatever. Just be very strategic. I'm just putting my debt reduction strategy on pause it doesn't mean you're going on a million holidays. You're just piling up cash as a little career emergency buffer mm. in the next six month interim or whatever it is. Yep. Yeah. It also helps if the payment cycle of the next job's a bit different. So if you're used to weekly or fortnightly and, and all of a sudden it's monthly, monthly and yep. you're like, oh God. Well, you can just get the Glen James spending plan. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Mia, that was so great. Yeah, and great, um, a lot of you will possibly hear from Mia more if you reach out and need some financial help and you're in Sydney or we're actually looking out at their big meeting area. We might even <laughs> mm. do some 
M3 private membership mm. events here. That's what we we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. We haven't asked them yet. But Free of charge, of yeah. course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Mia. It's been Thanks great. Thank you, Mia. We'll have you again soon. Bye. See ya. If you're after personal financial advice, this podcast is not for you. But if you do want a financial advisor or mortgage broker to talk with about your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com, click get help, and we'll put you in touch with one of our trusted professionals. If you're looking for a super fund that puts its members' interests above all else, choose a super performer, Sun Super. With low fees, strong investment returns, and great member services, Sun Super is Super Ratings 2020 Fund of the Year and has also been awarded by Money Magazine, CanStar, and Finder. Find out more about SunSuper at sunsuper.com.au forward slash choose. You can join SunSuper online in under five minutes. My Millennial Money supports A21. A21 is a non-profit organization that exists to abolish slavery everywhere. These guys rescue real people from human trafficking across the world. If you want to learn more about how you can contribute to the fight against human trafficking, check out a21.org forward slash au. Thanks to Jess Knaus, executive producer, Chris Burke, sound engineer, Laura from La La Social Club, and me, Asher. Uh, anyway, make sure you stay connected via our Instagram, our free Facebook group, or if you want to turn it up a notch and be on the inside of the show, become a member of M3 Private. For further information about what's going on, check out the links in the show notes. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.